A one. Two. Three. Four. Oh, wait, no, there's uh, uno. Dos. One, two, tres, cuatro. <laughs> <laughs> Between the two of us, we make one borderline, barely passable professional. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Truth About Investing Back to Basics. I am Chris Holling. And I'm Sean Cooper. Today, we want to talk about credit scores, What basically what they are. Uh, I think any time that we've mentioned why they matter, we'll, we'll go over why they matter, but... That's, well, that's, also, I mean, how they're calculated, how you can impact them, and right. hopefully improve them over time so that you can you know, utilize them to get more favorable credit terms. Right. Totally agree. And, uh, and so maybe a, a broad strokes of why they matter. Uh, they matter for different multitudes of things when you're doing applications for stuff, for car loans, for uh, really loans, because it's, it's just a measurement of whether or not you are a reliable source to give a loan to in a super, super simple description, wouldn't you say? Yeah, no, I think that's perfect. Okay, well, I, I kind of uh, sort of got arranged here a little organized, you know? I know, I know, stop the car, I got organized. Um, I <laughs> And uh, I did kind of what Sean's doing here. I said, hey, let's go over credit score stuff, and he said, great. I've got some information here. It's all sitting here, single-spaced, numbers and all. And I said, great, let me gather my resources. So I Googled credit scores for dummies and uh, <laughs> picked, <laughs> picked the CNBC article that, <laughs> that stuck out to me the best. <laughs> and uh, that's how I research. Do something. <laughs> Beautiful. And actually, I think... I think if if people don't think it's too much cheating, I'm I'm just gonna kind of scroll down through it and then I, I'm really just gonna read like the the highlight the section and then we can talk about that. I'm not even gonna read straight from it because if that's the case, I would have just sent the article out um, and maybe I'll maybe I'll do that on Facebook or something like that. But um, the uh, the first step is why you need a good credit score, which we kind of established. It's it's what gives you the best opportunity to have. Uh, an approval for a loan that you want to get an increased amount for a loan that you can handle because it's the the lender that is looking at you to see how much risk they're willing to take with you on how reliable you are as well mm -hmm. as the types of 
variables that might come with it, like they might offer you a lower interest rate if you are a reliable source because they know they'll get their money back from you versus somebody that's not as reliable of a source. They might want to have something more consistent, so a higher interest rate in order to kind of have that uh, that comfort on their return on investment because you got to think they're running a business and that's that's where they are putting it is that if they're going to take a risk on you it needs to be profitable for them fair yep yeah yeah basically if uh, somebody is less likely to pay them back you know you pull a lot of people like that together uh, if a percentage of them don't pay them back then they want to be charging a slightly higher interest rate to that group of people in order to offset the risk of non-payment right and it's not all interest rate based it, it is in a large way that's that's kind of the the bread and butter of it um but it also goes towards things like say a a higher end credit card that might give you certain luxury perks or travel yes. perks or something along those lines you might not have access to those because it it does cost the credit card company in this regard more money uh, if they pay out those those dividends to you type of type of thing so they they want to make sure that they are worth risking right yeah, yeah that's english cool yeah again it effectively lowers their return on investment so if they're going to reduce that roi they want to be more confident in the stability of that ROI. Yeah. And hey, you know what? We've we haven't even gotten past our first like uh big bold letters section here, but let me go off on a bunny trail cuz that's what I do. And <laughs> the when you have something that's arranged like this and you do have a good credit score and you do have a you you've now obtained a good credit score and you go, "Okay, now that I've got a good credit score, I'm going to go out and get this super sweet credit card that's got these great rewards on it." Uh if if people want we can kind of talk about this on a on a different day in, in more depth if it's if it's needed but through that method now that you are a a seasoned individual that has your expenses organized and you're starting to knock out debt and things like that when you start to utilize a credit card properly because now you are only spending money that you already have and you are paying off a credit card basically in the full amount when it comes in because you you aren't spending the money that you don't already have like you don't want to go into the further red of debt and then try to backtrack if you can avoid it that is how uh my wife and i utilize that to the best of our benefit that we pay things off through the credit card we use the credit card to pay for almost everything and in doing so, we have it paid off in full every two to three weeks, so it's before any interest accrues, and then we are able to acquire and use the points and rewards and cash back and whatever we think is important to us, and essentially, it's it's really just free money and free stuff because we're organized. That's how we're able to use those for other things, and what we like to use them for personally is we like to use them for plane tickets. And you get a little bit more bang for your buck if you go straight through the credit card company to use your rewards for the plane tickets rather than get the cash and then go buy them. And that's just our system and how it's set up. But that's that's how this becomes important because if you have that lower interest rate, if you have the opportunity for more rewards, it's because we have a good credit score among the both of us, have something that has great rewards, 
And because we are organized with our expenses and not spending money unless we already have it is what allows us to utilize these rewards without having to pay on interest, without having to pay the amount. And how, how these companies manage to give rewards and offer these things are other people that aren't as intelligent as you listening to this <laughs> because they are paying the interest on their borrowed amount of money and that interest is what's going to pay for these rewards that I am utilizing. You kind of hit on all the big topics there. My general advice is never carry a balance. Always pay it off every month so that you never are paying the interest rate. Ideally, have a card that has no annual fee and offers some kind of perks like points or cash back. Now, if you are able to pay off a card and you still make really large purchases on a regular basis so you get lots and lots of points then it may be you know beneficial to have a a higher rewards card that has an annual fee that may pay off but you you have to be in a fairly decent income bracket and uh, putting quite a bit of money revolving through that credit in order for it to happen the other thing i would say is those points are free ish sure in yeah. that, uh, technically speaking, merchant services charge something. So the credit sure. cards are ultimately charging something to all the businesses that you uh, frequent, that you use your card for. And technically, those businesses are ultimately going to be charging more be- to offset that. So th- there, right. there's ultimately somewhere where you're kind of paying for it to a certain degree. Maybe not all of it, but yes. Well, I don't that, see it, so really I'm not weeds. paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> that's not how things work. It's imaginary to me, so I never paid for it, Sean. No, you're right. It, it's got to <laughs> come from somewhere. It absolutely does. And um, But I'd still rather get the points or the you know cash back than nothing for it. Sure, or, absolutely. Or I'm going to utilize... Uh, businesses that will accept cash and are going to charge me less because I'm paying with cash. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, again, same thing. If you are going to be spending the money and you have the money available to you, you know, this thing is going to be 50 bucks and you say, hey, uh, you want to, can I, can I give you 40 cash for it? And you know, yeah, absolutely. Oh no, we don't, we don't do that. Oh, okay. Well, I'll put it on this card and then I get X amount of points for money I already had available. That's, the barter yep. system. Let's haggle. Let's do business. I like it. All right. Got yeah, it. Enough of a bunny trail. Okay. So what is... What's the next highlighted spot? The next... <laughs> uh, and let me know when I get to chime in with my calculations of credit scores. Oh, let me let me know when you get it. You sit there. You think you're so professional. I will. And I think will. you know stuff. You you sit there and I'll, I'll tell you when you're allowed to talk. <laughs> let me out of the cage. <laughs> I'm a peacock. You got to let me fly. Okay, sorry. Uh, what is a good credit score? Okay. Uh, you you have a range from very poor to excellent. And your very poor numbers, as, as according to FICO, is 300 to 579. 580 to 669 uh, is fair. I'm sorry. Jeez. I'm, I'm already... <laughs> I'm step two, and I'm already going all over the place very poor is 300 to 579 fair is 580 to 669 good is 670 to 739 very good is 740 to 799 and excellent credit scores are 800 to 850 
there are three. Watch him correct me. Here we go. There are three different credit companies that evaluate your credit. Is that correct? You're still good. You're still good. Okay. The uh, the only thing I would have corrected is in regards to the the fair, good, excellent, and all that. Uh, it, it varies by each company. Um, yes, that was FICO. So that that is FICO. Yes, exactly. That that's theirs. Different companies are going to rate you differently depending on, you know, they'll have different cutoffs of what excellent is or what good is. But anyway, continue, please. Uh, the companies that you have are, uh, you have TransUnion. Yep. You have Experian. Yep. And uh, a third one that I don't want Sean to look bad. So why don't you uh, why don't you tell me what the third one is uh, so it doesn't look like I know everything? <laughs> oh, okay. Equifax, maybe. <laughs> oh yeah, I uh, just wanted to see if you knew it. That's uh, uh-huh. that's that's all. That's all I was checking. <laughs> glad I glad I could pass your test. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so those those are the three, and they. They all sit in a in a pretty consistent uh, uh, level with each other. That it's it's not that they communicate with each other, but they have similar systems. So if your credit score is correct, it should be relatively consistent amongst all three. And you can find different ways of checking your credit score. Uh, for instance, I had a Discover card for a while. That one of their perks that they like to offer is you could get a free FICO score, um, pretty much whenever you wanted, actually. Uh, but they're there are times when you need to get an exact amount, and that's usually when you're pulling a hard inquiry versus a soft one, which we can talk about later. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's that's when you get an exact score so that they can evaluate how much of a loan to give you. But you also have some that can be soft inquiries where really you just talk to the bank, and I, I think they offer like three or four for free. I, I don't know. I guess it depends on the bank and your circumstances and, and such. Um, but you can you can get a soft inquiry that way. Something I like to do personally is I do like to use Credit Karma. And keep in mind, we, we still haven't done any like monetizations or sponsorships, and we don't we don't we don't do any of that here in this podcast. So that's just something that I personally like to use, and it's because it's it's a live feed of of contact with multiple credit score companies that at least give me updates. Like I might not have the exact right number available to me, but if there is a big inquiry that shows up on my credit report, I do know about it. And it's good to stay aware of those things and have good access to them so that you can handle those things if they do come up, if you have have something that's incorrect or if it is correct and you need to go and address it because it's much better to get that out of the way first thing. The other method for keeping on track of your credit overall, not necessarily your credit score specifically, is those three companies that we mentioned earlier, Equifax, TransUnion, and um, what is the third one? Experian. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, Mm, that's what I thought. Good job. You passed the second test. Those three, (laughs) they are required to offer you a free credit score, or not a free credit score, but a free credit report, I believe on an annual basis. That sounds right. if you spread it out, you can actually request one every four months, basically. So you, you know, you request one from Experian. Four months later, you request one from Equifax, and then four months later, you request one from TransUnion, and then you can repeat that process the following year. So you can just kind of stay on top of it that way. These are not going to give you your credit score. 
they're going to give you your credit report. So what you would be looking for when you go through that is you know, dings on your credit score, negative things that stand out so you can figure out how to resolve them, how to improve them going forward, or if there's something that is inaccurate on your credit report. So uh, something was erroneously put to your your name and it actually was somebody else entirely or, you know, was fraud or something along those lines. You want to get those things taken care of as quickly as possible because they do take some time to resolve. And if you're already applying for like a mortgage or something and then you find out about a negative on your credit report that's not even accurate, it's going to be too late. You won't be able to resolve it in the time you need to actually get approved for the loan. Absolutely. And and actually, it's due to what Sean is describing that I was able to personally deal with circumstances like that. There was, uh, I I hope I haven't told this story before because if I had, then somebody's gonna, everybody's gonna have to listen to it a second time. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there was a circumstance that uh, that I had that I was living in an apartment complex, and I left there, and it was about a year or so after that that I had a hard time getting a credit card that I was applying for because partially because I was bad with money at the time but uh, it there was also <laughs> it was also due to I had a a big issue on my credit history with a debt collector that was expecting I, I believe it was like 900 or a thousand dollars on my credit report and I either was never contacted about it or I, I had never heard of this before but they said hey look this is on your report I, I can't do anything about this so I got in contact with the debt collection agency, and it turns out that this apartment complex that I left, they had a cleaning process that happened after I left, where it was steam cleaning, and I, I, I mean, I was it was a bachelor pad, like I'm sure the floors were a mess, like <laughs> that that part doesn't necessarily surprise me, okay, but the the circumstance everybody's like oh why why am i listening to this slob of a guy on here this this is great um <laughs> the the issue was i was i was never notified about it and so i started to ask them well have have you tried to contact me they said oh yeah absolutely we uh, we sent out a written notice which they are required to do if right. if you're curious about that and you haven't heard otherwise they are required to do it and also if they're harassing you and you haven't received that, then you can tell them, do not contact me by phone anymore. I require written direction from here on out. And they're by law, they're supposed to follow that as a as a side note. Okay, cool. So uh, I said, I haven't received anything written from, from any of this. They said, oh, well, we sent it to this address, which was the apartment that I moved out of that caused these fees to come up because they cleaned it. Brilliant. And so I said, okay, well, I clearly don't live there anymore. You must have tried to contact somewhere else. And instead of my permanent address, which was listed somewhere, they uh, they sent a written notice to my previous apartment in a different city from two years prior to that, which I didn't live at because I had moved to the apartment complex. That, I'd, And so... They they said oh well that was that was our two attempts to uh, try and try and make contact with you and so that's that's when they they gave us the case because they weren't able to get a hold of you through those ways I said well it must not have been that hard because you made a phone call and now we are talking 
So I <laughs> I don't know. This this doesn't make sense to me. They said, well, here's the circumstances. It's because of a cleaning fee, and there were all these problems with the floor, and you're you're a slob and a terrible person. I'm like, wow, that's that's mean. But the the thing I wanted is I wanted pictures. And so I said, give me pictures, and I'll, I'll pay you money. And it turned into this big, elaborate problem where they couldn't get a hold of them, or they would, and they couldn't provide the pictures. And finally what winds up happening is I, I get to know one of the guys because we had to talk all the time because it was his job to call me. And I say, I, I don't know what to tell you. He said, I'll tell you what, the fees for going through this debt collection agency is about 75 bucks, and that's what's tacked on to whatever. If you pay me 75 bucks, I'll just I'll just close the case. And he, he called it a, a, a kill notice or a kill report or something along those lines so that when it gets queried again, then that would disappear from my record. Otherwise, if you pay your debt collection, um, even if you have it handled, it still sits on your record for, I want to say, like five to seven years after that. It's a big deal. Um, and uh, and Sean knows absolutely nothing about what I'm talking about because he's a money prodigy and never <laughs> never had a problem with <laughs> any of this. But uh, the uh, once once that was handled, then that was no longer affecting near as many issues as I had at the time because now I no longer had that on my credit report and it's it's kind of a long roundabout way to demonstrate how important some of this stuff can be and how it's important to keep your ear to the ground to pay attention to this stuff because I might have caught that a year ahead of time versus dealing with it later and trying to play catch up and keeping that consistent monitoring is at the very least helpful because then you can go and get your annual query or annual report excuse me from one of these companies and get exactly what is happening to you which i wasn't doing at the time because i was a child (laughs) that didn't know better (laughs) how's that to to your credit though one of the things that you did right is once you found out about it you opened up that line of communication and you talked to them about it and that's the biggest thing is you don't want to stick your head in the sand and ignore it and you know, hope it goes away. It's just going to get worse as they tack on fees and uh, it continues to be a big ding on your credit. So talk to them in many cases. I mean, if you're dealing with a some kind of loan, you can potentially negotiate some kind of payment plan and things of that nature. So it's much better to discuss it. They'd much rather have someone that was willing to work with them and offer a payment plan or uh, negotiate a lower fee or uh, a lower lump sum payment, anything along those lines than somebody who's just ignoring them and trying not to pay anything at all. So Absolutely. it's good to talk about it. Yeah. And if you do have that open line of communication, there's also opportunities through these credit report agencies that you can file a dispute because there there is an issue like what I was having at the time that... Yes. Uh, my dispute was between me and the apartment complex that just, for whatever reason, had a strong disconnect on how to get a hold of me. That because I was able to file that dispute, it wasn't affecting me nearly as much on my credit report until that does get worked out. And same thing goes that if you stick your head in the sand, then it's it's almost assumed guilt in a way, I want to say. Yes, very that much so. If you're not addressing it, if you're not taking the time and it is a debt collection issue and you don't at least dispute it, then it's a, oh, well, he's dodging debt and uh, clearly he's still trying to dodge it because, you know, this guy's not trustworthy. He's trying to dodge debt. Anybody talk to this guy? Yeah, me neither. (laughs) He'd probably pay me money if I talked to him. 
So like that's that all makes sense. Okay, okay, pushing along, pushing along. This is good. Okay. Actually, uh, what are disadvantages of having a poor or fair credit score? Which we're kind of talking about, but the bullet points I'm seeing here. See, it's you're less likely to be approved for credit cards or loans, which we talked about. Uh, if you're favorable, you'll get less favorable loan terms, and you'll have limited credit card choices. We addressed all those things, and yep. uh, as as an example, I I do know someone uh, without blowing their name around all over the place that was describing to me, oh, I finally got a credit card because my other credit cards weren't doing so well and I needed to get another one for, for whatever reason. I, I, I don't know. But they did get it and I asked them one time, oh, you consolidated all of your loan into this new credit card so that you can keep everything organized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was a great idea. Awesome. Cool. But you don't have great credit. No, I don't have really good credit. That's why I wanted to consolidate this stuff. Interesting. Hey, so what's your interest rate that you got on this? Oh, like 25, 27% on Ouch. a credit card. And so they're just they're just getting ruined with with interest rates and it's because they have a history of bad credit. And so even with good intentions and uh, albeit a a poor direction if they had talked to me a little bit sooner. <laughs> uh, but they have good intentions to try and consolidate and organize their stuff and just being uneducated in in this manner is actually causing a lot of issues and it's actually making it harder to dig out of the hole because they're not considered a reliable source on paper and uh, like I, I know I reference Jamar all the time I'm so glad we finally had him on the show <laughs> um, and that's that's what one of the uh, the big episodes that if you decide to go listen to Jamar's stuff likes to talk about is, is expensive being broke and this is another Great example insights. of that um, and uh, so yeah it's it's really important to have a, an okay to good to f excellent preferably credit score so that you don't have those circumstances in case you do have something go wrong that you need to kind of backtrack from you want to be a reliable source with people that will work with you and have reason to do so which is a good credit score yeah yeah all right cool <laughs> um yeah ooh. so chris if you would you've you've gone through this process you've dealt with negatives on your credit score. You've had that period where you were not necessarily financially responsible. Oh, yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. No, I brought you, it up first. It's fine. Yeah, you brought it up multiple times. Um, <laughs> wow. And at this point, you are. I mean, you, you've done no, it's true. great of paying off debt, and you, know, you are a reliable credit source at this point. So are you willing to share like what your credit score was previously how long it took you to pull it up and where it is now? Sure, yeah. Um, so I, you know, I, honestly, like the this instance that I'm talking about, where I had that issue with the debt collections, was mm -hmm. probably my lowest time. Um, and that was, jeez, I want to say that was probably ten years ago or okay. so. That sounds about right. And um, I I want to say my number sat at low six hundreds. Okay, so refresh me. Was that fair or what? It, it's that it's you? fair in FICO and uh, oh, I guess it's fair in 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 multiple. But um, okay, it's it's not good. Is what it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. It is, it is below right. good. So you were fair. You were fair. So fair. how long was, does it did it take you? 
in this process to get back to a, a good credit score? And then it, if you've made it beyond that, how long did that take as well? Well, uh, that's I think that's part of what made my situation kind of unique is that because mine was a dispute with a company and then I, I did have that kill order, it right. it went up relatively drastically almost overnight uh, once that because that's a big hit. The, the oh, yeah. debt collections is, is huge on your credit. Um, and so almost overnight, it went from a like a low 600s to a high 600s. And so it would at least place me into the good on some, but high fair side outside of that. Okay. And uh, after that, what what began to happen, honestly, is I felt like at the time I still wasn't great with money. Um, I felt like I had a good handle on things because at least I didn't have debt collections anymore. But then what I had was a high credit card utilization, and I I never missed a payment. I was always mm-hmm. good about making all my payments, and I. I wouldn't necessarily increase my debt, but I never got it lowered. Or if I did get it lowered, I'd go buy something shiny because uh, reasons, I don't know. <laughs> and um, that happens to a lot of people. It really honestly does. And I, I was just subject to the same thing because I didn't know any better. And so the reason that's all important is even just through never missing a payment and technically being a reliable source of always meeting my payments, my credit cards, uh, excuse me, my credit score slowly went down over really like a couple of years. It went from like high 600s to 690 to 680 to 670 because I never really got away from my credit card utilization. And so it wasn't until I got my stuff organized and started paying off my debt, like in a previous episode that we talked about and, and how I went about doing that, that it it skyrocketed and uh my my wife was actually even more so because like we've talked about before i was okay about putting five to ten percent of my paycheck every month to the side and pay for things as they came up which sometimes was a credit card payment and she she would usually overreach a little bit just uh, i don't know because because mental expenses and mental spending plans doesn't work (laughs) they just Mm -hmm. don't and um, so that was a drastic change for both of us just because we were still meeting the month to month. And then finally, when we would get one paid off, then we were making significant progress through the snowball method and demonstrating to these lenders via a credit score that we can handle something large and pay it off and not just stagnate at at the stage of of just making the minimum payment and never getting out of the hole. So uh, to answer your other question, the the stages from getting from the high 600s to where I'm at now, which uh, I just <laughs> I actually just took a big hit the other day um, because I paid off a car loan um, because they they like it when you're in debt. That's a different point. But um, yes, we will I've, talk about that. Right. Uh, and, and so because I paid it off, I took a dip of about 20 points or so. And so now I'm sitting on the lowest side that I've been in a couple of years at about 780, I want to okay. say. So you were right around that 800 mark? Yes. I hover nice. I hover at about 800 for the last year to a couple of years. Okay. Um, and, nice. Uh, and that, that will, yeah, 
that's that's <laughs> we'll get there don't worry we're going back to 800 in just a matter of a month or so maybe maybe we should have recorded this in another month so you could have been like whoa he's an 800 guy <laughs> wow right now i'm just a 780 guy <laughs> um but that's it took me a couple of years to to get to that point or, or at least a year once we started figuring out snowballing our debts I, i'd say right. that's when we started to see a a significant change um and still i mean my my take from that is because you were able to commit to that debt re- that debt repayment plan and utilize that snowball strategy, you were able to increase your credit score by something like 100, 140 points over the course of maybe... A year to two years. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which yeah. Is, that's huge. It is, yes. It was it was big for us, and when, when we got that point, that's when we started to look at things like what we started at the beginning of this episode with with me being able to look at the benefits for credit cards and rewards now that we are smart with our money and the types of things that we can actually benefit from with that. And uh, part of that also was because we were making that progress was we did consolidate some of our loan. We didn't use a consolidation loan. We we went a different way about going about it so that we could have a low interest rate, but we consolidated Mm -hmm. the rest of our loan into one and we were able to get that lower loan interest rate due to having our our credit score on the climb and and really starting to do well and and uh if if you are having a hard time if you are making progress especially if you're in the process of making progress and it's not held strictly to numbers talk with a credit union credit unions are a lot more flexible because they can get away with some stuff like that because they're they're more in-house um and so sometimes they can offer you chances or maybe a better interest rate than than you would get otherwise but that's that's just for specific circumstances like that where hey i'm climbing but i'm not at the top yet can i get a lower interest rate at this number than i would be normally they'd be like yeah let's see what we can work out with you because they're a lot more personable uh ooh, how to improve your credit score if you have no credit history this kind of goes back to a previous episode that we had where I talked about I have a slightly different opinion than the Dave Ramsey style where he's big on I think credit scores are terrible you should never even worry about having a credit score and boo bad credit uh, I I think there is good that would be debt. nice if you didn't live in our financial system right exactly we we have credit scores period period like just deal with it <laughs> um, and because we're aware of that, then rather than go, oh, I wish it wasn't this way, this is how it is, and this is how we're going to deal with it. And that's why it's important. And so if you've if you've been avoiding it like the plague and you're saying, I, I never touched a credit card because I don't trust myself with it, that's honestly, that's admirable to me uh, that you have the wherewithal to, to think about stuff like that. Um, but there is going to be a point where you're going to have your credit score pulled, and let's try to think of a good way to approach it um the example before you go into how to improve it can i tell people how it's calculated so that you can use that as your 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 liftoff point for how, Uh, how how do i improve this well i was gonna say no uh but then i realized that i totally skipped over that section that was two sections ago (laughs) oh geez just trying to blow me off completely and it wasn't even my outline (laughs) You're feisty today, or maybe it's me. Yeah, the uh, I need okay. to go get a workout in. What can I say? <laughs> okay, 
What are the factors that make up your credit score? I've got some super basic percentages here. Is that what you got? Uh, I'm. I don't know. I don't know how basic you're referring to. I don't know. So either. basically, I mean, so these these credit reporting agencies that we've been talking about, they do not disclose how they calculate your score. They get they'll, they'll publish some kind of rough guidelines, but it, they're algorithms are black box. They don't even share it with each other. They don't tell anybody how it's calculated so you can't game the system. Generally speaking though, there are really fat five categories. Number one and the biggest portion is payment history. Roughly 35% of your credit score. Again, that's that's a very rough guideline. Payment history is really straightforward. It's just how consistent are you at making on-time payments. You miss a payment, it, it counts against you and it stays on there for a very long time. You miss lots of payments and it's really bad. However, that one you can't really control if you're just getting started because you don't you don't have a payment history. That's right. The next largest section is your utilization rate or how much you owe. That's what Chris was talking about before is he had these credit cards. Uh, so he had a, a good payment history going for him, but unfortunately about 30% is based on this utilization rate. So if you have credit available to you, say you have credit cards and you have a, a $20,000 limit and then you have a uh, $200,000 mortgage and on the credit cards you have 18000 and on the house you still owe 195000 you're utilizing a very large percentage of your available credit and that's going to count against you. So you want a very low utilization rate for the most part. So you want just a couple thousand on those credit cards. You want it to pay off every month so you can utilize them, but you don't want to be using a large percentage of them. And the more you can pay down your, your loans, like your cars, your house, things of that nature, student loans, what have you, the better that looks on your, your credit report. After right. that, the percentage drops quite a bit. You're looking at maybe 15%, and that is the length of credit history. Again, if you're just getting started, that's not one you can really impact much, if any. But for those of you who have long credit histories, that's very advantageous. What that also means is when you take out a new loan, it's actually going to reduce your average credit history. And so it's actually going to have a, a negative impact initially on that chunk of the pie, on that chunk of your, your credit score. Conversely, if you have a really long credit history on one particular item, whether it's a card or a house or something, if that falls off, it's going to have a very big impact on your credit history. So to, to give you an idea, I, I've talked about the fact that I don't like cards that have annual fees. The first card I ever took out has an annual fee on it and I get points for it. And so it, it more or less offsets itself and kind of nets out to nothing. But I keep that card because it is, it is my longest history, my longest credit history. And that's the only reason I really keep that card. Yeah, actually, on that note, uh, personally, one of the uh, when, I, when I was talking about having higher interest rates and, and the credit cards that I had at the time, when I first started looking at consolidating my stuff, I approached, uh, I believe, a credit union at the time saying, hey, I, I want to get this stuff figured out. Can I consolidate all my credit cards? So I, I stopped paying payments everywhere. And they said, yeah, we're happy to do that. And again, like my credit wasn't super at the time, 
they said, yeah, we'd be happy to take that on, but you have to close all of your credit card accounts for us to take this on. And I was aware of what we're talking about. And this is unique to me in my circumstance, and I I don't know that it was even the correct (laughs) notion, Uh, but my reasoning was specific to what Sean is talking about is I wanted to make sure I kept my length of credit history specific to that. So I still managed to organize this snowball debt payment and I did it where I was paying off those credit cards. I have since retired those and I don't use them anymore, but they're still open because I want to maintain the length of credit history on them. Yep. So yeah, me too. No, that's good. Uh, So (laughs) the, the last two pieces are Roughly equally distributed, about 10% a piece, and that is your credit mix or the number of lines, which is another factor that we've touched on a little bit there. So, you know, having a couple of credit cards, a home loan, and a couple of car payments or car loans, what have you, having that mix, especially if they're from different companies and you have a variety of different things in there it's not just all credit cards and you you have no home loan mortgage or anything like that having that mix and a variety of lines or a a larger number of lines is actually advantageous if you get a ton of lines it can actually start to work against you Uh, but they're looking for a healthy amount so for a long time i only had one credit card and it was actually working against me because even though i didn't utilize the full credit line or anything like that just because I had fewer credit lines open, it was actually keep kind of putting a cap on my my credit score. Again, it also impacted that that prior the utilization rate because once I opened up another credit card, it increased my overall credit capacity, and so my utilization rate went down just by having more available to me. And then new credit card or new credit is an, the other the final ten percent. So. That's the general mix that I have. I don't know, maybe your the the data you're looking at differs slightly, but those those are what I have, the two biggies being payment history and utilization rate or how much you owe. And then the the smaller factors, length of credit history, your credit mix or number of lines and new credit. Well, not to brag, but uh, my information on the uh, how to how to credit scores for dummies search. Uh, includes the exact same percentages as you just described. So, uh, oh, handy. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm up to date. You know, I'm caught up. It's, uh, Perfect. <laughs> so, uh, now, now that we've got that on, on the factors of that, I, I think that was super important. I appreciate that. Um, it, we can talk about how to improve your credit score if you have no credit history. And uh, I, I think I'll just look at the options and then we can kind of give our, our thoughts on them. Um, the yeah. first one says become an authorized user. And actually this is something I used for for my wife uh, first when we were first getting involved in all of this just to help out with her credit history to begin with. And becoming an authorized user essentially just means that uh, if, if I determine that Sean here is somebody else that uh, should also sit on this credit card with me, then he has access to look at payments and he has the ability to make payments and make adjustments to the card because he's an authorized user. But that also means if we don't make payments, then that falls on him uh, for responsibility as well, right? Because you're an authorized user. So because he is accepting some of that risk also, then that's what allows them saying, hey, they worked together on this, but he did assume some of the risks, so we're gonna give him some credit for paying off debt. 
Right. Uh, it can be a good way to help uh, like a, a child start sure. to build their credit history is you make them an authorized user on a card. You get them a card. Um, obvious disadvantage is they could go out and run up a, bu- a bunch of payments. Hopefully that's not what they do with it. Uh, but it, along the lines of what Chris was also talking about there, it's also kind of similar to having a cosigner on a loan, you know, sure. a, a home loan so that you can get approved for uh, a larger amount because now they are liable for it as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, then there's also get credit for paying monthly utility and cell phone bills on time. And that's that's just signing up for smaller services. And that's demonstrating that you can pay bills and it it gets recorded. And it's, it's a smaller side because it's not an outstanding loan amount that they can actually uh, place onto their credit reports. But the fact that you continue to payment and you don't have any late payments is something that they do record. Yep. And then uh, opening a college student card, I, I guess I'd have to see exactly what they mean by this, but it's, oh yeah, okay, it's it's just a low-end version of a credit card, and that's where we go back to talking about when you have a credit card, and I've, I've always said that this is a great way to start building your credit, and I still stand by this. If you've never had a credit score before, if you go and get a credit card, and so that you're not too overwhelmed, get one that doesn't have an annual fee on it. It can be helpful, but that's that's a little bit more stuff to worry about. And you simply say, hey, I've got a $500 limit, and uh, I'm not going to spend this money unless I already have it. Hey, I've got $100 available to buy this thing for Christmas. I have the $100 in my debit account. Okay, let's swipe the card, $100. And then when you see that appear on your credit card statement a week later, you go, oh, okay, here's $100, and you send it straight to them. And even though it's small and it's minor, it's something that you're consistent. You're showing that you are paying that amount, and that's what matters to the credit card company. And they said it, send it to the credit scores and say, hey, they did great. High five. And then that's, that's how you slowly start to build with just a credit card. I think that encompasses a lot of stuff, honestly, and it's it's kind of a crash course into everything that we're looking at as far as credit scores and some of the ways that you can build some of this and why it's important. Some of the terms, if you may have been unfamiliar with it, this really is the the way, the opportunity for you to start moving forward and start to utilize, if you choose to, a good debt or at least being a reliable source and you can get more advantages to these rewards that we're talking about it it really does make your life a lot easier if you have a good credit score and these are just the tools that that we want to offer to make sure that you understand how it works why it works and and the best way to help move forward with that because it it really did help me as far as getting out of of my own circumstances It, it was just another another brick in the wall if that's not too <laughs> pink floydy i guess um but uh i i, I think that's a, a that's a that's a good basis a good foundation for all of that and i i hope that was clear enough for everyone i hope that that touched on a lot of things and is there is there anything that you you'd like to add that we didn't skate over or we we should hit on no i think that's good mm. covered a lot i love it i love it Okay. As I like to say, thank you again for joining us today. Thank you for taking the time to want to improve yourself and want to improve your lifestyle and taking the steps to becoming the next investor. (laughs) And thank you for joining us on the truth about investing back to basics. My name is Chris Holling. And I'm Sean Cooper. 
and we will catch you on on the flippy floppy. <laughs> right. I don't. <laughs> Podcast disclaimer, disclaimer. The disclaimer following this disclaimer is the disclaimer that is required for this podcast to be up and running and fully functioning and moving forward. This is going to be the same disclaimer that you will hear in each one of our episodes. We hope you enjoy it just as much as we enjoyed making it. All content on this podcast and accompanying transcript is for information purposes only. Opinions expressed herein by Sean Cooper are solely those of Fit Financial Consulting, LLC, unless otherwise specifically cited. Chris Halling is not affiliated with Fit Financial Consulting, LLC, nor do the views expressed by Chris Halling represent the views of Fit Financial Consulting, LLC. This podcast is intended to be used in its entirety. Any other use beyond its author's intent, distribution, or copying of the contents of this podcast is strictly prohibited. Nothing in this podcast is intended as legal accounting or tax advice and is for informational purposes only. All information or ideas provided should be discussed in detail with an advisor, accountant, or legal counsel prior to implementation. This podcast may reference links to websites for the convenience of our users. Our firm has no control over the accuracy or content of these other websites. Advisory services are offered through Fit Financial Consulting, LLC, an investment advisor firm registered in the states of Washington and Colorado. The presence of this podcast on the internet shall not be directly or indirectly interpreted as a solicitation of investment advisory services to persons of another jurisdiction unless otherwise permitted by statute. Follow-up or individualized responses to consumers in a particular state by our firm in the rendering of personalized investment advice for compensation shall not be made without our first complying with jurisdiction requirements or pursuant an applicable state exemption. For information concerning the status or disciplinary history of a broker-dealer, investment advisor, or their representatives, the consumer should contact their state securities administrator. Help build her credit cord. Like how I uh, forgot English for a second there. Yep. Um, <laughs> how to do that? Uh, think, think, think. Words, words, words. Come on, Chris. This is what he pays you for. Get it? Um, if only you were being paid. See, that's why it was funny. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Oh. Uh, how to check your credit score for free? We talked about. Uh, yes, we did. Cool. I'm not even gonna watch me clip that. That's right. Watch, watch me forget to clip that, and it's gonna be there anyway. <laughs>